going to ever be the same. This is number five of core beliefs. So I, I'm just, I'm still excited about this. I don't know how long it's been, but I, I, I just, the more I talk about it, think about it, the more I preach about it, the more excited I get. So I just pray that it's going to turn you on, you know, turn you on, let the light shine. And, and you're going to get is so excited about the word of God and doing what I'm going to tell you today that you'll never be the same. I told you today I'll give you the nuts and bolts of this stuff. I've been, I've been giving you all these little amazing statements. I got a few for today. And I've even got a handout for you. There were 50 of them when I got through, so I guess I'm long-winded, huh? There's 50 of these amazing statements. I don't want them handed out yet because I know you guys, you'll read them. And I don't want to. No, 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 no. Don't hand them out yet. I'm sorry, I shouldn't even brought them up, I guess. Not yet, but I, I've been a teacher, and I know what you do. You read them while I'm talking, while I'm preaching, while I'm whatever, and I don't want you to, okay? So um, I'm just going to pray that you get this and so that you have victory, not in just one little spot of your life, but in every area of your life. And I know full well that's possible. So I don't know anybody that's walking in that victory, but we just well be the first body of believers that does it, right? So, I'm just going to give you a few quotes to bring you up to par here. Remember that you can be as happy as the beliefs in your heart allow you to be. That's a biggie. And remember that your happiness then and therefore lies in your own hands, or should I say, in your own heart. So don't be blaming it on somebody else. Nothing and no one can take away your happiness or joy unless you let them. And remember that the answer to success in all things lies in five words. i got to say it just right. Oh, it's one sentence, not five words. Sorry. All you have to do is change your thoughts. <clears throat> First come the thoughts. This is an amazing statement. First come the thoughts. Then the words speak the thoughts. And then you manifest or act out the words. I mean, that's the process. And all of this comes from your heart. Have those things get in your heart. They got there because you've thought about them, you spoke them, and you acted on them, and they landed in your heart. We're talking about core beliefs that may not be right. I want you to say this. I may have a few beliefs that aren't quite right. You know, it doesn't have to be totally wrong. Sometimes it might be half right and half wrong, okay? <clears throat> Listen to this. All you think about, you will eventually say. All you say, you will eventually speak. All you speak, you will eventually do. And all you think and all you say and all you do are flowing out of deep seated core beliefs from your heart. Okay, that's enough of the review. We're going to jump into this. There's five principles that I'm going to give you today. All you got to do is work these five things. Your life will change. And, and, and so you better be thinking about this because I'm going to ask you to commit to do this. At least, you know, at least a month, for goodness sakes, because it takes 21 days, you know, to change a habit. So, at least a month. And if you don't see some changes in your life and you do these things, then you come to me. 
we'll see what's going on because the Word of God works. It works because it's alive and full of power. I keep saying that, okay? Number one, you're finally going to get these steps. I promised you in the very first sermon. Identify your behavior that needs to change. Now, you say, well, what am I going to have to do? Take an inventory test or something? Well, you are going to have to do a little inventory. Just begin to watch what you're thinking. Watch what you're saying. Take a look at your actions. And if you don't want to do it, I'm sure your spouse or some of your relatives would be glad to help you. They'd just be thrilled to help you, okay? Beliefs lodge in your heart and form your behavior. So whatever, however you're behaving, all of you, I know all of you don't just behave absolutely perfectly all the time. Even the children don't, you know. So I know that the adults don't. I know that we, we mess up. Things push our buttons. Jesus said, and this is my paraphrase of Matthew fifteen eighteen through 20, out of the hearts come the thoughts which become words which become actions. That's what defiles a man or woman. So whatever your mind is dwelling on right now, whatever you've been thinking about and whatever you think about the next few years, you will be. You will be. So if you're thinking, I'm poor, I'll never get ahead, I'm I'm not ever going to make it, you know, my kids are never going to learn, or whatever you're thinking, if you keep thinking on that, you'll begin to speak it. You keep speaking it into existence, it will manifest, and you'll be living in the fruit of your thoughts, which became your words, which became your deeds. I hope you're getting this, you know. It isn't just the words that come out of your mouth. And you think, well, I don't know where that came from. It's from the thoughts you've been thinking. And some of you think, well, I can think those thoughts. God doesn't hear my thoughts. Wrong. Not only does God hear your thoughts. You know, you can pray silently. I know God hears your thoughts. But you hear your thoughts and you respond. Your being responds. Okay, I got lots to cover here. I got to get going. I, I told you that Gary Smalley wrote a book called I Promise. And we taught it as a marriage class. And there's this one little section on on core beliefs, and I got so excited about it. I don't think anybody else in the class got near as excited as I did. And, I, you know, I'm still doing it. I don't even see. There's a couple of my class members back there, and there's Debbie. Um, anyway, what Gary Smalley found out, the main thing he found out was that he, he didn't even know it, and maybe you have this. That's why I'm going to say it. He expected all of life to be fun and games and thrilling and exciting. And I, guys tend to maybe do that a little more than the women, I think. There I go again. I got in trouble with Wayne last time I brought that up, so we're not going to go too far on that. Um, but when it finally hit him that, that, that actually it's fine for us to to have fun. God intended for us to have fun. But he puts controls on that. You know, uh, if, if all you're going to do is have a big party all of your life, then, you know, where's your witness for God? I mean, after all, God expects you to enjoy life, yes. But he puts controls on it because you know what we do? We tend to go overboard for things that we like. Boats, cars, um, what? What'd you say? Golf. 
Courtney loves golf. Snow skiing, you know. You, yeah, Jerry, how about snow skiing? So, you know what? God puts controls on, on that. He, he wants us to have fun and enjoy life, but, and I'm off of my notes anyway, he, he wants you to be in balance, okay? So you ask yourself a few questions like, ask yourself, what, what do I think about all day? Just ask yourself that right now. Don't tell me. I don't, I may not want to know. I may want to know. What do you think about? Do you think about work? Or you guys, you know, five days a week, is that what you think about? Just get up and go to work, 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 work. Or do you think about family? I know what the mothers are doing. They're thinking about family a lot. Um, you think about making ends meet. You think about problems, fleshly things, about what you can do that will make you happy, happy, happy. Do you think about God by any chance? Well, that's how you can, if you just kind of think, what, am I, what do I think about? That's going to give you a clue of where you're at on your core beliefs, okay? So <clears throat> let's take Galatians 5.13, and I'm going to tell you that you can use this one scripture and you can smother bondages, whether it be cars, boats, drugs, alcohol, sex, sports, on and on it goes. So it says, you, my brothers, that means you, all of you, my brothers and my sisters and the children as well. You were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Instead, or rather, serve one another in love. That's the NIV version. Okay. So can you see that? You're called to be free. So what do we do? Well, I'm just free. I don't have to do this. I don't have to do that. I don't have to do anything. I just float around through life, you know. Isn't it wonderful? I don't think Jesus did that. I think he had a purpose for every day that he lived. Okay, I I want to give you just a little hint of what you might need to change, just in case some of you have a few of these things that you need to change. The reason you need to change them, remember, is for abundant life, okay? So the first one would be gossip, anger, lying. If you don't want to pray, I mean, admit it. Do you always want to pray? Oh, you get quiet on that one. Um, I met Eunice. I think she always does. Not wanting to get or hold a job. Ooh, does that get anybody? Not wanting to listen to people. Having a know-it-all attitude. Giving advice all the time. Having a sassy retort to everyone's comments. You'll never know how I got this list. Not wanting to read and study the Word. Being selfish. Only concerned about my needs and wants. Or maybe you're poor and you just expect others to pay your way. Or you can't make a decision and you want other people to make it for you and then you complain about what they did. Or maybe you can't accept the blame for anything and so you're always shifting the blame. You just cannot accept blame. 
Maybe you can never make strong friendships or relationships, and you just think, I'll always be a loner. Maybe you have low self-esteem, so you go around trying to control everyone in your little realm so that when they do what you want them to, you can feel safe and secure. Maybe you believe you can just fall in love and out of love. It's just according to your feelings. Not a. Maybe you think sickness is because God put it on you. Nada. Maybe you believe you'll never be able to be debt free. You know, I could give you scriptures for each one of those to counteract that, but I'm, we haven't got time for that. So I, I just made that list to let you know. Now, surely you fit into one of those. Is there anybody that didn't have one of those? Raise your hand if you didn't have one of those things, at least one. Okay, I'm surprised Joel didn't raise his hand. Get me going there. Okay, so can you, can you do this? Can you look at yourself, make some little notes on paper or in your head, and can you decide to change some of these things? Because when you do, you're going to look more like Jesus. You're going to act more like it. And you know what's going to happen? You're going to open those glory holes. You're going to allow, you're going to allow the blessings to come on you, okay? Some of you, you know, you just think, well, the Word says God will pour out His blessings on me more than I can ask or think or even imagine. Well, He will. So if He isn't, whose fault do you suppose that is? God's? You think he changed his mind after he got the word all recorded? No. Now, maybe you haven't even desired to change these things. But I want you to know that any one of those things that I just mentioned stop up the flow of God to you. And that ought to be reason enough to want to get them swallowed up. Now, I say swallowed up because you don't have to dig them out. Now, isn't that good news? You don't have to get a shovel and dig out all the stuff or decide which is wrong and which is right and whatever. What you do is you find what will work for you in the Word, and the Word eats up the untruth, the lie. Isn't that good news? I mean, if you don't get anything else out of this, five sermons. I know you're glad I'm getting on another subject here but five sermons i want you to get that the word of god is so powerful it'll eat up the lies of core beliefs that you've stored in your heart but it isn't automatic wish it were it is not automatic but it isn't hard so the second thing you're going to do is admit the behaviors in your life that are not godly Okay, I don't know that you've admitted it yet, so so say this. I admit that I have at least one of those things in my life. See, that didn't hurt at all, did it? Some people just don't want to admit that they're wrong about anything, you know it? Or that, that they're not just absolutely, I'm not even going there, okay? All right, truth is, it's either right or wrong. Would you agree? Christians are reluctant to admit that they're wrong, and they want to blame somebody or excuse themselves. We're not going to do that anymore because sin, 
sin really wants to be Lord of your life. You know that. We don't even like to use that word. I'm not sure there's that a whole lot of churches use that word sin anymore. But the Bible says to know to do good and not to do it is sin. Wow. So that probably got you. Okay. Admit to the behaviors in your life that are not godly. You know, there are Christians that say, I'm going to live the way I want. It's my life. I'm going to do what I want, when I want, how I want it. Don't bother me, God. And don't try to force your stuffy advice on me. You ever know anybody like that? They don't walk in the blessings of God, I assure you. So the only way to get free from a problem is to get rid of an attitude like that and decide that you can admit that you have some of these things. And when you admit them, you can get free, okay? It's your decision. You just ask God to forgive you for any of these things, and he'll do it. First John 1, 9 says that. I'm not even going to try to quote it because I'm going to try to move on. Number three. Now, this is, this is a little bit of the challenge. You get to locate the scripture verse or verses that address your problem or behavior. Now, in one or two sermons, I gave you Mark 12, 28 to 31. And I said, you know, that one will cover everything you'll ever do or think or be. It'll cover everything. But sometimes we like to get a little more specific. So, you know what you can do? You can ask the Holy Ghost. To show you, I mean, it's just amazing what I found lately, you know. I read you one Wednesday night that, you know, just appeared in my Bible. Hadn't been there before. Did you ever have that happen? Just wasn't in there. It just appeared overnight. Well, that means the Holy Ghost is highlighting it. Sometimes he puts a bright light on it, or sometimes it just kind of jumps off of the page and stands out there and you look at it. Sometimes it just jumps in your heart. I hope you know what I'm talking about. You see, you've got to read the Word before you can get excited about the Word and before you can do anything about what I'm talking about. All right, I'm going to talk about Galatians 5 one more time. It's all about the pleasures of our flesh versus the freedom of putting ourselves under the control of the Holy Spirit. You were called to be free, but don't use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather... Serve one another in love. Amazing statement. Verse 14 follows verse 13. He's telling us all about freedom in him. And verse 14 says that, I, I don't have it down here, but it's Jesus' reminder that the second greatest commandment in the Bible covers all the rest. And it is five little words long. This is an amazing statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if you, if you learn love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself, that'll be good. But you've got to do more and learn it. You have to hide it in your heart, okay? So it's a little deeper than that. Um, Galatians 5, and, and I know all of you know that, 22 and 23. It's all about the fruit of the Spirit. Do you think God put the fruit of the Spirit in there just so you could see what... That's the character of God. Did you know that? 
love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. That's what God is. Well, you know what? He didn't put it in there just for us to know what he's like. He put it in there so that you could live in those characteristics, those same characteristics. Well, you know, I, I, I do that part of the time, do you? But uh, some of the time, I just don't. I know that's a revelation to you. I don't. So, you know, I think we're supposed to get it so that we can live in all of it, okay? Colossians 3.17 is one I just kept giving you and giving you and giving you. And this one will work on anything that's wrong with you, okay? Any core belief that's cockeyed or crazy or not right or half right, this will work. Colossians 3.17, whatever you do, did you hear that? Whatever you do in word, uh uh-oh, coming out of your mouth, or deed, you do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, if you want to go have a big party and and, uh, drink, that won't fit, will it? Even if you wanted to gossip about your neighbors, that won't fit. Do whatever you do in word or deed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Do you see that scripture will change your life if you let it? It would change your life if, you you know, I don't know if you're getting it. I don't know if, I don't know how to say what, what I'm trying to say any better than I'm doing it. You know, I woke up in the night, so what do I do? I'm saying in my head, Whatever you do, Virginia, in word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, every moment of every day, whatever you do, do it all. You know, Jason, when you're mowing grass, mow that grass to the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, whatever your occupation, Bryce is running for for senator. He's meeting all kinds of new people. Whatever you do, Bryce. In word or deed, do it all to the glory of God. You know, if we went around thinking that, see, we don't think it. You're listening to it right now because I'm pouring it down your throat, right? But you don't go around thinking about it, now do you? You don't get up every morning thinking, whatever I do today, I'm going to do to the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I'll just tell you one little instance here, which I probably don't have time to, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Most of you know that I used to smoke. And I found that scripture. I was reading the word one day and I thought, mm, ouch. You know, there's no way you can do, there's no way you can put fire in your mouth to the glory of God. You just can't do it. You just can't do it. So, you let that scripture change you you can't change yourself we've already been there and you can't change your mate you can't change anybody the holy ghost can but you can let the word of god change you and change the way you think about any number of things okay so that word will work romans 12 1 and 2 is also one that'll work in that same instance i can't even can you put that up uh can't even get started on it. But it's like, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There it is. 
And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. And then you'll be in his good and pleasing and perfect. See, we try to hang on in his good will, never reaching the pleasing will, and certainly not even trying to get into his perfect will. All right. The more you look for scriptures, the more you'll find them, and the more the word will come alive. Because the essence of living, this is a, another statement, amazing statement. The essence of living is to love God and love one another. Now, is that hard? Is that hard? Can you do that? Hmm? Will you do that? Okay. Um, 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 um. Okay, you find what works for you, and you put the Scripture inside of you. Another amazing statement. It's not your job to magnify it. It's the Holy Spirit's job. The, the next one. Okay. It is the Holy Spirit's job to increase, enlarge, magnify, and bring revelation to you of whatever verses you use. You know, you could take a verse that doesn't apply at all. The Holy Spirit would use it anyway. You understand that? Because every word of, in this Bible is true and alive and full of power. So it's not like you have to find just the right one or you won't be able to do this. You just take any one of them. But, but I guarantee you, if you'll ask the Holy Spirit to, to find them, he'll sure help you. Okay? Number four is to memorize your selected scriptures. How many of you like to memorize? Well, a few of you. How many of you don't like to memorize? <laughs> well, I think you outnumber the others. So you're going to be happy to know that this is something you can do. It's not really like you think of memorizing, okay? I, I know some of you are saying, I knew there was a catch to this thing. Is that what you're thinking? I, I, you're thinking, okay, here we're getting down the part I can't do. But this is not true. This is like eating a meal. This is what you're going to do. You're going to begin to put the scriptures inside of you like you eat food, okay? Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. If you ask the Holy Spirit to help you and you're seeking him, to help you, to memorize, to put this word in you. Do you think he will do that? Amen. Thank you. Yes, he will. Okay. Now, I want you to read the rest of that. For everyone who asks receives. Did you hear that? Everyone. You see that? Did you know it said everyone? Did you know it said everyone? Everyone who asks receives. And we could say everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Everyone is understood there. Do you understand that? So, if you can ask and seek and knock and everyone is going to receive and find and the door is opened, what is holding us back, for goodness sakes? I'm preaching this to me too. I want you to know. I have certainly not got it all down. But I'm beginning and I'm telling you, it's going to be, it just uphill from here okay okay so you can take that scripture and begin all right latching on to bible verses that that come alive in you it's it's going to be a fun thing that you're going to do okay out of your heart flow your thoughts out of your thoughts flow your words and out of your words flow your 
actions, okay? Another amazing belief. I catch this. Since your beliefs lie within your heart, as your beliefs change, if you're not changing them, this won't happen. But if you are, your thoughts and words and actions will begin to change. That's how you're going to know. And it may be slight, but that's how you can check it. They'll change. Actually, God becomes your boss and your Lord and your king automatically because his word is becoming alive in you. Okay, another one. As the new beliefs dictate your behavior, sin and bondages. Now, this doesn't say they just drop off, does it? They vanish how? Little by little. What you really want is you just want to get dunked in the water and come up uh, smelling like a rose. But that's not the way it happened. You do your part, and little by little, the good eats up the bad, okay? As long as your heart even has part of the lies that the world or the enemy has given you, then you're driven by wrong thoughts. But I'm here today to tell you that the antidote to whatever's holding you back from God is hiding God's word in your heart. You know, it's almost silly for me to think about preaching these these five sermons because this is one of the first things I got a hold of in 1984. So where have I been for the last 24 years? Where have you all been? <laughs> in the dark, Kelly said. You know, I mean, is this a hard job? Did God give us a, something that is just almost nearly impossible to do? You know what we do? We get too busy. We're just too busy, God. But, you know, we're driving the car. We're running around. We're going shopping. And all the time our little old brain is working, isn't it? So why can't we purpose? You know, if you have to write it on a card... And stick it out here. Maybe glue it to your hand. So, okay, I'm going to remember to do this. Stick that. You could write it on your hand. Write that scripture. It doesn't have to be a long scripture. You write it on your hand. Every time your hand sticks up there, okay. Run it around in your brain. Okay. Okay, okay. Sin flees from the word planted in a believer. It doesn't necessarily flee from you just because you get the book out and read it, okay? Um, Hiding God's word in your heart is a process. You're going to have to chew on the verses, verse by verse and word by word, like you eat bite by bite. Okay, you know, we got preconceived ideas in our head about what a word means. I say freedom. What do you think? Do anything I want. I say uh, joy. What do you think? Hardy. Being happy all the time. Well, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And whether it is, you know, whether you're smiling or not, it's in there. And Wayne says, um, do anything you want. But freedom is actually more than that. 
Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Amazing statement. I know that it's work to look up words, but you can do that. And if you'll chew on at least one word or one verse every day. Now, I'm not telling you to memorize a chapter. You got that? I'm not even telling you to think on a chapter. I'm saying think on one verse. Can you do that? One verse. And it may be one word. You may take it one word a day. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are you getting it? You want me to get off of this, do you? And on to something else? (laughs) Um, okay. Second Timothy 2.15, it talks about be diligent to present yourself approved to God. Well, how in the world do you do that? How are you diligent to present yourself approved to God? Be obedient, be obedient to what? To his word. How are you going to know if you're obedient or not? Oh, he says study it. It says, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's what this is. It's the word of truth. Okay. The next one, this is uh, what? King James. This is kind of where I learned study. See a different word there? The other one said, present yourself to be approved. And this one says, study to show yourself or thyself approved. Um, Tell me, is it any different for me to stand here and... Read the Bible, or it is to tell you to study the Bible? Is that different? Do you like, which one do you prefer? Oh, he, he prefers study. Most of you are going to prefer to read the Word, I know. It's easier, isn't it? But I think we're supposed to study to show ourselves approved. And, and by approved, I think what we're going to not be ashamed of is not ashamed of the fact that we know and understand the word and we know what's true and what's false and we're able to act righteously and we're not if we don't know what the word says and just because you've heard a scripture doesn't mean you know it and just because i've been pounding some of these in your head for five sermons doesn't mean you know it it doesn't mean i know it So we still got a little problem here. How can you know it? Now, you know, I know Linda Meliza. I know her heart because I've connected with her spirit. And so then I spend time with her and we talk together and I know her. Okay. Um, This young man on the back row, what is your name? Clay? Clay. I don't know Clay. I know he's in our service today, and we're glad that you are. But I don't know him. Now, I know my husband, and I really know my husband. I know his thoughts, desires. I know the intents of his heart, just like God knows ours. I know him better than any person alive on earth. And that's what you have to do with a scripture. you got to know it in your knower do you get it okay it's vital essential and necessary that you look up the meaning of the word so you got to get out a dictionary that's how you study and you look up what the words mean to see if they really mean what you thought they did okay 
um, you'll be able to live the meanings long before you really get the scripture. Now, here's what you do. You repeat it. You chew on it. You speak it out. You think on it. You sing it. You speak softly over and over. You keep repeating. You read it. You muse it. You meditate it. You get it. In other words, you settle your mind on it. I know some of you can settle your mind on football easy enough. Or you can settle your mind on, women can settle their mind on shopping. You know, it's easy to do those things, but we're talking about settling your mind on a scripture. Okay? Um, in a nutshell, amazing statement. You're so good up there with these. When you locate a belief that needs change, you admit it, repent it, repent of it to God and ask him to forgive you. Find the powerful scriptures that address the problem and start memorizing, eating them until such time as they are embedded in your heart and become your truth, core beliefs. Now, this is the whole nuts and bolts right there of what you need to do. The only catch is you have to do it yourself. I can't do it for you. But we are going to have an impartation where I'm going to impart a hunger and a thirst for the word. Okay? So number five, and the last one, is deepen the imprint of God's words on your heart. We've made the mark, which I talked about. I think it was Wednesday. When you start quoting a scripture, it makes a mark on your heart. But as you keep saying it, eating it, talking about it, thinking about it, it gets bigger and bigger. And pretty soon you, you, you've got all kinds of revelation about it. You'll be trying to tell somebody and they'll say, well, I don't even understand that because it's your revelation. And sometimes it's hard. It's like what I'm doing now is my revelation. I'm just trying to get you to get hold of it. You can't get my revelation, but you can get excited about mine. And then you can dig it out for yourself. And what, what's on me will get off on you. And what gets off on you will get off on somebody else. And pretty soon we'll all be running around saying, you know what the word says here? Da, 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 da. Do you know how exciting that is? You know what it did for me? Do you see what I'm trying to do? What I'm trying to say? What I'm trying to give you? I'm giving you you know, not not one fish. I'm giving you a pole and a lake so you can feed yourself the rest of your life. Okay. I keep getting off my placement. Okay. So you're going to make the imprint deeper, which means you're going to you're going to begin to do this. You know, and I'm not going to say you have to do this all day long. Like you could set out and say morning, noon, and night. I'm going to go spend 10 minutes, and I'm going to run these things around and around and around and around. you got to chew, think on, read aloud, write it out. Sometimes write it out and put it on your mirror. Write it out and put it on your hand. Sing it. Run it around and around in your brain. Day after day after day after day after day. And one day, it'll just go plunk, and you got it. It's yours. Nobody can ever take it. It is yours forever. You know, Corey Ten Boom was in the Nazi prison camps, and she had the word embedded in her, and it pulled her through. Her sister died that was with her. She didn't have what Corey Ten Boom had. This word will take you through any circumstance and any situation ever in this life that you have. It has to be buried. It has to be embedded. It has to be. You have to own it. 
You have to own it. So I'm going to just give you another little example, hopefully. Let me see Galatians 5.13 again. You, my brothers, were called to be what? But don't use your freedom to indulge what? Rather, serve one another in love. Okay. What you do is you look up every one of those words. We don't have time to do that. So we're going to start and we're going to take up the word freedom, which Wayne says he can do anything he wants to. Freedom is the absence of responsibility. Or it's no longer being a slave, but you're free to love, free to serve out of desire and not duty. You're free to do what's right as well as what's wrong. Okay? It's a right or a privilege. Then indulge. What does indulge mean? What do you think it, it means? Put yourself into? Okay. It means to give yourself to pleasure. It seems like freedom, but it's actually slavery. The verse says, then don't use your freedom from God to give yourself over to slavery or to selfish things. And then the sinful nature, you know, when Adam and Eve felled, fell, Sin came into the world. You all know that. And every little human being, even that beautiful little baby, grandbaby of Wayne and Kelly's, is born saddled with a selfish impulse to gratify and take care of self and have a sinful nature. But he will come into the kingdom. The nature can't be changed. Did you know that? You have to replace it with the Holy Spirit. And that's what being born again is all about. And then you serve one another in love. That means Jesus even washed the feet of the apostles. He fed the hungry, as Augustine was saying. He spoke peace to the storm. He took care of the people. In other words, he, began, he put other people's needs and wants ahead of himself. Do you know how hard it is to do that for us? For just to be a normal person, for me to worry more about Terry then what I'm going to have for lunch is hard. Now, maybe, you're, maybe you aren't that way. But you know what? It takes a while before you get to the point where you want what's right for somebody else more than you want what's right for you. But that can come. And, you know, the blessings from, for that are just innumerable. When, when you begin to, to be concerned about others' needs above yours, You have become like Jesus. Then you serve one another in love, not because you have to. You get to, okay? Love is the motivation to serve. Amazing statement. We're almost done. Every time you go over a scripture in any manner, the imprint gets deeper in your heart. It will finally get so deep, it's there to stay. So you need to think of God's Word becoming permanent. You're not reading it today so that you can remember what you read tomorrow. You're trying to make it permanent. And when you make God's way of doing things permanent, you'll be changed. Hebrews 4.12 says, This Word is alive and active and sharper than a two-edged sword, able to divide soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and even divides the intents of our heart. Sometimes we don't even know the intents of our heart, but the Word of God will divide, the, divide it and show us. When, 
Okay, this is the last amazing statement. When we finally really believe all these amazing statements that I've given you, all of these scriptures that I've said will change your life, when you finally believe that you can do this, you can, you can do this, change will come and victory will come. Lord, I just thank you for this book of the law. I thank you for this book of direction and guidance, this book of wisdom, this manual of life. I thank you for this word. May it ever be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Hallelujah. Okay.